The basic fundamental of achieving success as a public speaker is to know what your purpose is and to speak on it. So that's why in this episode, we're going to talk about how do we find our purpose and tap into its power. Our guest who joins us is a best-selling author, international speaker, and the vice president for people science at Ion Learning. Over the last two decades, he has written and co-written four books on purpose activation and works with organizations like Morgan Stanley, LinkedIn, the U.S. Marine Corps, and J&J to activate purpose-led and inclusive cultures. Our guest who joins us for this episode of the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast is none other than Brandon Peel. Brandon, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. It's great to be here. Brandon, I'm so happy to have you on Profitable Public Speaking because our purpose is something so important, not just to figure out what it is, but how do we actually tap into it so we're able to spread the right message and reach the right people. So for people who maybe they're not sure about what their purpose is or they feel like they have multiple ideas of what that one purpose is, how do we get really granular with it to figure out what is that one-liner for what our purpose is? Yeah, well... I don't think it's a one-liner conversation, frankly. I mean, it's a, it's a lifelong evolving conversation. Um, there's certainly a number of best practices we can put in place to be as clear as possible in any given moment. But I mean, it's at least been my experience. My purpose keeps evolving. It keeps showing me mm. something new on a daily basis. And, and as public speakers, as business leaders, we have to keep listening to that. So we're always speaking truth because we're, we're still speaking a purpose that's a year or two or three old. It's not really true anymore. So it, uh, it requires diligence and care, almost like tending to a garden. And it's interesting you bring that up because right now people can have a clear idea, but that changes over time. Your calling changes based on things that happen to you, people you meet. And how do we uh, pay attention to those changes and continue to incorporate those changes into what we do versus our purpose is changing, but us not catching up with what those changes are? Yeah. Um, so one of my good friends, another fellow purpose guide, you know, we've gone through a lot of really deep in-depth things where it takes months and months and months and months to find your purpose. And, and he's brilliant, man. His name is Sam Clayton and he guides people with just two questions. What are you most devoted to and where are you not being honest with yourself? Hmm. And so the idea is that on a periodic basis, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, you need to be asking yourself that. What are you most devoted to? What is more important than anything else? Like, what would you give your life for? And if, it, if you wouldn't give your life for it, it's probably pretty far off from your purpose. And it's interesting how we have these reflective questions to really bring focus back to that purpose. And you ask yourself these questions each week your purpose is going to just keep us uh, standing in front of you and being that presence rather than you losing track of that purpose. Now, uh, let's say you figure out what your purpose is and you're able to keep up with changes. How can we then get better at amplifying that and doing what that purpose is telling us to do? Yeah, that's, that's actually the hardest piece. Like anybody can put set a reminder at a daily or weekly basis to like ask themselves those questions or do some of the purpose work. But to actually have your life look like your purpose, that's where the rubber meets the road. So, so, so basically, um, to fully activate your purpose in your life, you have to do a number of different things differently. 
Uh, first is you have to understand your pre-purpose personality, like so your ego structure. So uh, that part of you that is there to keep you safe and secure. So there's likely a voice that is self-critical. It keeps you from taking risks that are too self-expressed because it doesn't think you can do it. There's a part of you that's uh, skeptical about the world. There's a part of you that doesn't want to risk what you already have. There's a part of you that just wants to look cool and not be abandoned. And so, so you have to get to know all these different voices that historically kind of stand in opposition to your purpose. So if we're going to like hoist up that freak flag, like there's a bunch of folks who have been holding onto it to make sure you can't do that. And so to actually live your purpose, you got to do deep kind of basically psychological reformatting. And that's what purpose discovery work entails. So there's some discovery, some reformatting, some deeper discovery. And then once we really get who that person is and they have the alignment of those internal kind of psychological forces, you know, the, that might be called, uh, they might be called Jungian archetypes or subpersonalities. Then you can start to take action outside. That's purpose aligned. Because unless you do that, unless you do the, like the basically the deeper work, the reformatting, you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of false starts. You're like, oh, I know my purpose. I'm gonna be a professional bodybuilder. Then you go to the gym for a week. And you're like, eh, it doesn't really feel like my purpose because it's probably not. Um, so yeah, you gotta have like to to get the grit and resilience. You have to do that kind of the deeper work around your purpose. And it's interesting where you know there are a lot of people who they think they know what their purpose is. They want this goal. But you have to do the work inside to get the results outside. And exactly. being able to do that inside stuff gets you clear on like, is this for real my purpose? Or is this like, I feel like this is going to be my purpose one day and then tomorrow it's going to be something else. So what are some of the ways that we can build up the internal structure to uh, better align with the right purpose and just build that foundation for when things get challenging? Yeah. Um, Three great bodies of work that I'm aware of. Uh, one is uh, you know, Tim Kelly's True Purpose Methodology. So his book is called True Purpose, and his name is Tim Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y. And uh, that is probably the most straightforward uh, approach to kind of understanding those inner voices, getting them to be aligned with your purpose, and then kind of creating a cohesive uh, way forward. Well, that said, I've never met anyone who's been able to find their purpose and do all that deep work by themselves. So they're, they're usually always part of a program that's guided by a purpose coach or a purpose guide, or they're working with a purpose coach or a purpose guide one-on-one. Um, but, that, but that's at least where you can go to kind of wrap your head around like what purpose actually is and how you discover it. Um, there's other really powerful work from Byron Katie called The Work, which has you get clear on where basically you're lying to yourself. Like what are the beliefs that are just not true that you're living by? That's a, it's another way to go about it. Another colleague, uh, uh, Lion Goodman, has got a very similar approach where it's like excavating those beliefs that are dissonant with your purpose and transforming them. I mean, each of those different things can definitely work with each other. One thing I do want to go more into those, the belief system, because I think that's just going to really affect how people view their purpose, how people view their ability to uh, fulfill what their purpose is. Uh, so I'm wondering if we could talk about how do we figure out what belief patterns are holding us back and then flip the scripts on those? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, we can talk high level about it, but we would actually have to do it. Like you and I would have to actually do it for folks to really get what it is. But um, the, 
the, the first thing is just like acknowledging what the belief is. So for example, like I grew up thinking that um, I was worthless unless I performed. You know, I took that belief on in a particular moment, right? I realized who I was by myself wasn't good enough. I needed to work hard and prove, constantly prove myself to be worth anything. So I became this straight A student, you know, scholar athlete, all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and, and so each, each part, each belief, there, there's a payoff, right? It was probably a good thing that I got straight A's and that I played all those sports. And the thing is what was driving it was this fear that like, I'm going to get found out fear that somebody's going to find out that I'm worthless. So I have to then go back and find out when was the first moment when I started to believe I'm worthless. Hmm. And so for me, like the earliest one I can recall was when I was about six. I asked my dad to get me this song. This is back back when we had records on record players and it was uh boy george's or, or, or the culture club's uh, karma chameleon and i'm like dad this is my favorite song i just saw it on mtv can i get this it was the the single so it was a 45 and he said yeah uh just promise me you'll never be gay and i'm like what you know because i didn't know what gay was i was six mm -hmm. right I, um but, you know, Boy George, the lead singer of the Culture Club, he was gay. And my dad kind of conflated the two. It just kind of came out. It's not like he was trying to shame me or trying to infer anything. But that's one I took on for myself, that meaning that I'm not good enough. Like, whatever I am, my dad doesn't like it. So I need to be what my dad likes, which is smart, strong, mm -hmm. social, like all like the stereotypical macho man box things, right? So, uh, so that's basically what the work entails. You got to find the belief. And then the first time you actually took that on and then thanking that part that believes that for all it's served you and then asking it what conditions it requires for you to discover your purpose and live your purpose. And they'll have a set of agreements. So that's basically how you get to the heart of it. You got to find out when you took that belief on in the first place. And a lot of this stuff always goes back to stuff that happened when you were a kid. Like Almost that's what always. just, just a lot of the stuff goes back to that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Brandon was able to so elegantly share it with us, but I feel like that's one of those things where when you learn it the first time, you're not able to share it as elegantly. It's one of those, you're just trying to piece pieces together and you're just shocked at what you find. And uh, I feel like that's just something we all have to do just figure out what our beliefs are and if we have any flawed beliefs where do they come from and that's just definitely a really great exercise to put some of that to light it brings up another thought though because there are a lot of people who i want to be a successful podcaster mm -hmm. and then someone says like you have a horrible voice mm -hmm. so I mean, even if you're like, like, even if you're an adult, like you just get affected by that. Like not everyone, but I'm just saying that's a thing. So yeah. how can we not be affected by that type of stuff when we figured out it's our purpose? We know this is what we're meant to do, but we have that, you know, horrible voice, like equivalent, someone saying that to us. Um, well, it's a, it's a good question um, because there, there are lots of ego level purposes, right? Um, some people think that their purpose is to make lots of money, put their name on casinos and be terrible presidents. Some people think that, is that really their purpose? I don't know. Probably not. Um, 
Some people think their purpose is to be number, you know, VP of sales in their division. Like, is that really their purpose? Probably not. So there, a lot of folks have kind of ego level purposes and that's fine. It's just, if it's not really their deeper purpose or their higher purpose, however you want to say it, um, the world is going to keep showing up and say, Hey, that that's not totally true. It doesn't mean you're on the wrong track. It just means there's probably a deeper expression available. And so, you know, when we talk about those, those inner beliefs, you know, you said flawed, it's more just like that they're unaligned. And similarly, like if you're on a purpose path and you're, and you keep getting no, it just means try it differently. You know, try it differently. Um, now that being said, right? Like there are, amazing stories of people who heard no and no, you know, writers like, um, who's the Harry Potter woman, JK Rowling, JK Rowling, right? No, 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 no. And then it's like most successful book series in history. Uh, and then there's of course the story about, um, Sylvester Stallone and Rocky. No, 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 no. And then it's like, he wins an Oscar. So, um, it's, I'll, I'll put it this way from a place of knowing your deeper purpose. If that feedback occurs as you're bad or wrong, uh, that, then you can probably know that it's, it's coming from one of your ego parts, or at least it's, it's resonating with one of your ego parts. If that feedback occurs to you as like, huh, it's not landing in this way. What is there for me to learn about why that's not landing? Mm. Oops, I'm sorry. And, and, and so, so there's kind of two ways you can take it. You, you, can, you can take it from, you know, that ego level or you can say like, what am I here to learn? Yeah, that's a really great point. Just knowing the perspective and being open to learning. I mean, that's just, you know, that's going to help you a lot. And uh, there's some stuff you just have to absolutely tune out because it's not coming from the right person. But when it's mm -hmm. coming from someone who is, uh, you know, like, you know, like you have a terrible voice, like that's not the stuff you listen to. It's like, uh, you could talk a little slower. You can approach the stage this way. That's the stuff that you listen to because that's the type of feedback that's actually leveling you. So, mm -hmm. I mean, part of that is like, you got to like understand the difference between corrective criticism and just people yeah. who, you know, they, it's just not worthy of, you know, interaction. So, uh, I mean, that's just uh, one of the pieces you have to look at also. I totally agree. Um, cause I believe it or not, like, it almost has nothing to do with who that person is that's saying it. But it's just as you said it right there. It's like, if it comes from a good place, like, hey, try this, or I experienced this, have you considered it another way? Then you, I mean, it could be a homeless person. It could be, you know, your, your worst enemy, your greatest enemy, like, and they give you great advice. But I've actually had people, and you may have had this too, people who are supposed to care about you are supposed to, or, or people who even you respect, and they tell you to get out of the business. And in my judgment, when that happens, that's their stuff. They're like, oh, yeah. you, you have something I don't, or I'm afraid you're going to take what's mine. And so you always be, you know, healthy, healthily skeptical of like why somebody, especially if, if they could be affected by your success, why they're giving that, <laughs> that advice to you. Yeah. I mean, that's a really great point. It's usually their stuff that they're just projecting onto you. And this is just important stuff from public speaking perspective, because it's going to affect what you speak about, how you feel when you speak about it. So, 
I mean, I know this stuff, like, you know, it affects anyone, but it especially affects public speakers who they're on that stage and you have to have a lot of confidence to be on that stage, uh, just in your ability to present to an audience. And then it's just having confidence in your purpose, really being able to show it. And I do feel like from this episode, you guys have learned a lot of great stuff on how to tap into the power of your purpose. And I know Brandon, he goes a lot more into this stuff through his own work. So I'm wondering, where do we go to continue the conversation? Yeah. Uh, so you can go to uh, brandonpeel.com, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-P-E-E-L-E. And there you can you know, see all the stuff I'm up to. It's, there's lots of free resources, but um, I basically spend my time activating purposes of entire employee bases. So companies that realize that people who know their purpose are happier, they're more loyal, they're more productive, more creative, they're better leaders, all that kind of stuff. And they want to do that at scale. So that's, um, that's my work at I am learning. So you can go to iamlearning.com to figure out or to connect with me there and, and how do you activate enterprise wide purpose. We will have all those links in the show notes. Everyone who wants to keep up with Brandon and his work. Once again, thank you so much for coming on Profitable Public Speaking. It was a pleasure having you here today. You got it. Thanks, Mark.